Hello and welcome to Rewire Your Attachment Style. This is Maya Diamond and I'm here today with another couple that I'm so excited to chat with. Um, so what I'd love to do is just start with how the two of you met. Whoever would like to answer that. We met online. We met on OkCupid. Mm, wonderful. And do you remember what your what your matching percentage was? <laughs> we do because we love to brag about it. It's ninety-seven. <laughs> nice, awesome. Yeah, I really believe in that matching algorithm. So yeah, well for us, I answered a lot of questions. Yeah, yeah I didn't did. answer as many questions for sure, but um, but we matched on the ones we did. Yeah. Nice. And who wrote the first message? I think. I <laughs> I think you did. Yeah, I'm pretty positive you did. We've debated about this, but I think it was Jeff. Uh-huh. And what did he say? What did you say? You know, I think at that point I had done enough of it. I basically just said, hey. And, and <laughs> I, put a, I, put a, I put a fair amount of work into my profile. And, uh, and so, you know, I, there wasn't much more to say than that. And I, I didn't want to get into a big email exchange. And Kit was heading off to Indonesia, you know, the day that I, that I wrote to her and she said, well, I'm off. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was attractive. Yeah. So. Which of course, you know, <laughs> hi, I'm, I'm out of here. Of course, every man is like, yeah. oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then did you guys keep corresponding while you were away? Nope. No, 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 no. But as soon no. as I got back, um, I think I said I was gone for a month and I think Jeff reached out sooner after I was and no, no, you no, you reached out to me when you got that. Oh, I did. Okay, uh -huh. I reached out to you, and then um, <laughs> funny, he said, "Well, you know, let's go, let's meet up, let's get coffee or a drink or something." And I literally had been back a day or two, and I'd spent this long uh, plane trip and gotten a cold. And the last thing I wanted uh, to do was go sit in a bar. Get, you know, ugh, I just was felt like yeah. And you yeah. know. When I answered his ad, he was in San Diego, but now he was a half a mile away, and I just said, "Oh, just come over." <laughs> you Google? You didn't? You Google? Wow! I, I know. I broke all the rules. It was I shouldn't have done it. I know, but I did yeah. Google him, and he didn't look like a psycho killer. He yeah, professor, yeah. and you know, so I just threw caution to the wind. I don't recommend that, but it worked. Yeah, and he came over, and we. I mean. We totally hit it off. And when I and when I got, you know, we, we had kind of a fun evening together. And at the end of the evening, I said, you know, there's no way I'm making out with you because you have a cold. And so just you could forget about that. And she went, ooh. <laughs> I did not. I did not want to kiss you. No, I was all snotty. And, yeah. But yeah. that kind of, you know, it was sweet. It was sweet. It was a barrier. Yeah. 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 So you guys just had a nice evening chatting away. We chatted for a couple hours we were blah 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 we had so much in common seven wow. percent wow. match we just chatted and he yep. looked like his profile picture so I think we That's, both looked like a yep. profile picture so that was we you know opened the door that was a huge plus then <laughs> we just chatted away yeah we had a ton in common and how long ago was that eight years ago almost eight years ago wow wow beautiful beautiful yeah. Um, and yeah, are you guys willing to share how old you are? Because it just helps so many people like feel like, oh, I can find love at any age. Yeah. I just or around how old you were when you met. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I'm 60 now, so I was 52 okay. in we met. Two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I, I'm Beautiful. You're how old? 63. Okay. Awesome. And so had you both been married before, or one of you been married before? We both had been married twice before, so we were both on our okay. third round. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And um, and what were you clear about this time? Like, what had you learned from your maybe that past one or both of those past ones that you were just so clear that you needed and wanted in this relationship? Well, I can. I was for sure not going to compromise. I, if I was going to get into another long-term relationship, God forbid, I was going to get married again. Initially, I was like never going to get married again, and I had just, you know, got a new house and set it up just for myself because I was never going to live with anyone ever again, and like that. <laughs> so I knew that if I was going to connect with someone in a long-term relationship, that it had to be better than my on my own because I was super happy. Super happy. Yeah. No yeah. compromises. Uh, I yeah. love that. That's yeah. beautiful. And I think I I was committed to and I and I didn't exactly know how I was gonna do this. Kit sort of helped me learn. But I I before this relationship had given up all my power mm. and let my yeah. partner be yeah. in charge and resented it and uh and and so sort of resolved this time that that wasn't gonna happen. And mm. I had to sort of mm. fall into that, into that power seating mode. And, uh, and, and, and I, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure if this was your experience, but you sort of, we sort of figured out how I could have my power and have this be a, a working partnership. And it, I mean, it, you know, you can have power without so it. Helped. Sorry, say that, say that again. It's. I think it's possible for for both people in this. In, and this is a, this is a direct in my direct experience. This is a place where two people can be powerful and be together. Doesn't have yeah. to be balanced. Doesn't doesn't have to be one person in charge. You know that that's it's that's a so huge. That is so huge. What you're saying because it's it's so often that maybe um, well, a as a man for you to say that I think is really huge. I think that. Sometimes, you know, because power, you know, relates, we, there's a whole power thing happening, right, in, our, in terms of genders in our society, right. where men can still continue to make more money to the dollar than women. We still have, you know, all male presidents. And so to be able to have, to share that power, to have equal power in relationship, and also, you know, obviously have that masculine, feminine polarity and dynamic and all that but that's just a really beautiful thing. And I love, and so I'm curious, Jess, like what did Kit provide that allowed you to feel like you could really, that you hold, it sounds like she did something that had you also feel that you could hold on to your power in this. I'm curious. Uh, um, that was. Well, you know, I, I, I in my own experience, men have all the power on the outside and women, in, in my experience, in my life, women have had the power on the inside. And what, uh -huh. what and, and I, 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 I don't want to take it any farther than that because it's, it's tricky territory. Yeah. But, yeah. but, but Kit was, was super and, and continues to this day to 
offered mm -hmm. a level of respect to me that I've not experienced from anyone before. That that she uh. listens to me. She cares what I think, and I feel like mm. she values values what I what I bring to the relationship. And I don't I don't feel taken for granted, and I and I don't feel um, scorn. Not scorn isn't the right word. There's a word, but but I feel uh, shamed. Shamed. Well, a little. I, I feel like she has respect for me, and she cares what I think, and yeah. what and what I think matters. And she's, you know, and every now and then we, you know, we do that because we're both powerful people, right? It happens, but we yeah. have to find our yeah. way out of it by being curious about what the other person's experience is. And that's yeah. never been the case with me in the past. There's never been curiosity about about it, from me or for me. Actually, I mean, I, I'm I'm guilty of it, but I've but I've learned in this in this context to. You know, when I when I can be open up and, and think, well, okay, I got my experience, but really, what's it like for you? Yeah. When that happens, everything melts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, huge, beautiful. And so, Kit, I'm curious, in terms of um, that respect that you're able to, and this is cool because this is a theme that I'm seeing with the couples that I'm interviewing is respect, which is so. I'm curious, do you feel like that? respect that you are able to give him in such a consistent way do you feel I'm curious how that evolved inside of you do you feel like you've always been that way or like what created that inside of you or do you feel like that's something you really learned and if so how did you learn it wow how did I learn to be respectful um You know, I think I'm curious about other people. I think I tend towards a highly sensitive person on the scale. And so yeah. I'm, I'm tuned in and I'm intuitive. Yeah. And um, yeah. so I recognize when somebody, I hate to say worthy of respect, because I would like to believe that all of us are worthy of respect fundamentally. But as far as choosing a partner, you want that person to actually yeah. present respectfully as well. Um, yeah. so I, think I assume positive intent. I assume yeah. that and, um, you know, continue to wait to be proven wrong. And I haven't been, you know, I, I can say that Jeff's ability to, uh, create space for me in the relationship, which I had struggled with before, make room for myself uh -huh. me as a powerful person. Um, yeah. you know, I also feel respected. Um, you know, there, we're just two big people in the world who create space for one another. And so we do mm. definitely bump into each other when we step into the same space. But if we can... Like the kitchen? Like the kitchen, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Things play out in the kitchen, for sure. <laughs> I'm interested in these pots, too. Like, oh, here we are in the kitchen again. <laughs> um, uh -uh. Yeah. Honey, you need more salt there. Yeah. The hell I do. <laughs> when you're cooking, you call the salt. Yeah. Anyway. Right. right. Okay. We'll go into that in a second. Okay. So now I'm curious. I love what you said about that. Just like assuming positive intent. That's so huge. That brings me curiosity around your childhood relationships. I'm curious. What was your relationship like with your father growing up, Kit? Oh, that's so interesting that you ask, Maya. Um, I had a challenging relationship with my dad. I didn't feel seen or respected. Um, it actually translates to a huge issue for me in relationship. It's a, you know, it's an absolute button for me. Um, I need to be seen. I need to be respected. I need to be. I need to yeah. have 
face. And I had to learn that in my relationships. It was a learning opportunity. I got better. I got closer. Um, but now yeah. I finally landed it. And that's why I felt like I'd rather be by myself than to compromise that again. So, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, <clears throat> what did, so when you first met Jeff, what showed you that he was able to see you and hear you? And I say this for all the women listening, this is such a, a need, desire, wish that so many single women have is to be seen and heard. And I think all humans want to be seen and heard and that that's a form of really feeling loved. I'm curious, what cues showed you that you felt that way with him? Yeah, I'm totally clear on this. I mean, you know, when you date, you get it really quickly. Men either ask about you, they're either curious about you and create space in those initial conversations, or they don't. So to me, it was really, I wanted that, those dating experiences to be balanced. I wanted the person I was learning about to be as curious about me as about them, you know? Yeah. Straight from yeah. I, I, I remember some dating advice I got, it's better to be interested than interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. That's beautiful. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> so true. And so, um, and so Jeff, in terms of your relationship with your mother, because I like to look at the opposite, right? Gender parent. So um, what was your relationship like with your mother growing up? Uh, my mom was, that, that was the, that was the early sixties. And uh, uh -huh. mom was, my mom was not totally, she, my mother was very young when I was born. I think she was 20. I hope she doesn't. Oh, wow. She, I'm not, I, yeah. <laughs> um, she's a therapist now and we get along well and, I, and I'm super happy in my uh -huh. ongoing relationship with her. Um, at that time, she was, she was, she was a child herself. She was working on her own stuff. And I, I, yeah. uh, I wasn't really seen either you didn't feel that love and attention and presence there was, because, there was a lot of yeah she was not a lot of nurturing she was at, she yeah. was you know she it was it was a, a weird time and she was out yeah she was out she was absent and so did you feel because the pattern that i specialize in helping people shift is being attracted to partners that are unavailable like emotionally unavailable or physically unavailable did you have that pattern given your childhood? Maybe. I mean, I, I you know, I, I'm your typical not so sensitive male, and so I'm not really sure I can say so well. I, 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 <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if you, if you, let's see. So when pressed for an answer, he said, um, Yeah. Yeah. He was super present, sometimes more present than I want her to be. Sometimes, you know, give me a little, just back off here, you know, don't, she's very, she, she is and she's very smart and she often knows what yeah. I'm thinking, and she more often thinks she knows what I'm thinking when she doesn't <laughs> um, yeah yeah so I understand can, that one that can be a little that can be a little challenging sometimes but um but, but in the past before kid I'm curious if you were with unavailable women or no uh yeah like where you felt like you didn't get the, yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 I was with I was I was with people who were certainly uh, both of them pretty uh, pretty wrapped up in their own their own stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I was I was a, I was a part of their I was a part of their play. 
I was a character mm-hmm. in their drama. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There wasn't, there was not, yeah. there was never sort of an acknowledgement. Right. It was mm-hmm. not equal. Yeah. I, you know, I, I chose them. So I guess I must've been doing something. Yeah. What, but yeah, we all, well, and that's the thing is we attract, I believe we attract what we're familiar with, what we know love to be until we do the work to shift that. And so it would make sense that there might be some patterning from that relationship with your mother, that it sounds like you've, well, you guys have both worked through it enough to exactly be in and attract and be able to receive the love and attention of this other person. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. Yeah. What kind of before meeting Jeff, what work had you already done? Personal growth work, spiritual growth. Okay. Oh, me? Um, what, you want specifics? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I've done so much personal growth work. Um, well, I'm a mindful movement, a conscious dance uh, participant. Mm. I've danced for... Instructor. I'm an, yeah, I'm a teacher and a oh. participant for cool. many, many years. I've been dancing for probably, you know, 35 years, but doing mindful wow. movement, conscious dance for probably the last almost 20. Um, cool. And I did, uh, I did High Human Awareness Institute, did a lot of that work. Mm-hmm. I've done lots of, um, you know, intimacy and sexuality workshops mm-hmm. over the years. Um, mm-hmm. I've done some traditional therapy. I wouldn't say talk therapy was my, was my uh, modality just because I'm more, I'm more comfortable in, in an embodied and experiential so I've done a lot more yeah. workshops than anything. I've had most of my growth through movement workshops, I would say. Cool. Very cool. And what about you, Jeff? What kind of growth work did you do before me? Um, I think, well, uh, I guess, I mean, so I, I, I mean, I've got kind of an interesting story there, but I guess the, 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 <laughs> the things that I've done are I, I was involved in doing Gurdjieff work for, for a number of years. Uh, which is sort of a meditation-based notice your notice yourself and be sort of mindful of the mechanical reactions that you have to situations. But I also mm-hmm. I also was involved. I I I got involved in um, in internet marketing, and with internet mm-hmm. marketing came came uh, double your dating and get better with women and some of this 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 yeah. human growth kind of stuff. That's that's can be put to evil use, right? You know, it's, it's, it's sort of, yeah. The game. yeah. There was a book called the game that came out 15 yeah. years ago or something. And I, and yeah, by Neil Strauss. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, and that was on the heels of having given all my power. I said, fuck this. I'm going to have some power now. <laughs> and so I, so I used all my, I used all the game stuff I learned on kit and it really worked. <laughs> oh, great. Great. Yeah. Really <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's some some use in that sometimes. Um, combined with the heart stuff. Combined with the heart stuff. Right. Right. right? I'm sure you really had an open heart and that. Yeah, no, I think it was it was I mean that's really what it was about was was you know a lot of you know when you when you when you take this out of the particular context of it being being you know trying to trying to notch put notches in your gun belt but more yeah. about what the attitude that you need to bring to that situation is, then that yeah. is, you know, from a meta, 
from a meta standpoint, it's it's a much bigger deal. You know, it's about it's about being comfortable in your own skin and being able to stand up in tadasana when you're doing yoga, right? And and just sort of being in the yeah. world, and again having power. Yeah. And you know how yeah. you use that power sometimes is you know that that can be put to to, to less less use, right? Right. Right. So it was it was a, it was a, you know it's it's, it's not a well traveled path. There's another path up the same mountain, isn't it? And so, yeah, what is one conflict in your relationship that's been challenging to resolve and how did you resolve it? So, yeah, I'd love to hear about maybe an ongoing conflict that got really smoothed out and worked through because, and I'm sure there's so many, um, but yeah, I would love to hear any that feel, because I think, you know, sometimes I think conflict is uh, how a couple deals with conflict is such an important part of relationship because it's not the good times that make a relationship. It's actually if couples can work through the conflict. So I'm curious if you can think of a conflict that you had that you were able to work through and how you worked. You see, I think you have something in mind that you want me to mention, but you're going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Um, I know what she's going to say. Well, I feel like one dynamic that comes up in lots of different ways. Okay. That's not what I was predicting. Okay, go Go on. Well, then do you want to name a smaller one? No, go ahead. Okay. I mean, I don't know if you'll agree with the way I frame it, but I feel like um, my need to be um, seen and heard and acknowledged based on my relationship with my father, you know, it's my story. I acknowledge it's my shit. Um, mm-hmm. is well, or you, or we could also say it's your vulnerability or your your wound that is you know continually being healed. Yeah, it's my yeah. for sure. Yeah, um, that need to be seen mm-hmm. is uh, bumps up against Jeff's Jeff's one of Jeff's stories, which I I want you to name for yourself. I'm reticent to name story for you, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like our core stories bump up against each other. So mm, had, mm-hmm. we trigger each other at our very fundamental, which I think is pretty normal in an intimate relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, we've chosen yeah. each other for a reason yeah. and here we are. So I think yeah. we bump up in, in that core dynamic repeatedly. It comes up in lots of different ways. And mm-hmm. so that's the first part of the question. Do you want me to go ahead and say how I think we work it out? Or do you want to hear just? Yeah. You want to hear it? so well. Let's hear Jeff's side because then it would help okay. us understand the story. Well, yeah. I'm sort of curious what you're going to say for me. So <laughs> why don't we just open up the door here and let a little light in? Okay. Well, I think you're. You know, from my perspective, I know this is like treading on thin ice here. It's a little scary to name. We're going to kick ourselves right off this podcast right, right now. <laughs> Not going to happen. Well, functioning couple. Uh huh. <laughs> Okay, so I would say that my need to be seen bumps up against and heard, being able to name my stuff, bumps up against your feeling of not wanting to be criticized. Mm. So when I get in there, wait, hear me, hear me, you sometimes can hear that as I'm disagreeing, I'm making you wrong, I'm being critical. Yeah, no, that's actually not quite right. Okay, so go ahead and correct. It's blocked. Yeah, please. Blocked. I don't care. 
criticism doesn't, I mean, I've, I've been saying this to you forever, sweetie. <laughs> See, we, well, we haven't worked it through completely, obviously. <laughs> I don't, I don't receive it as criticism. So you, how do you, so what is going on for you, Jeff? Often just don't want to be blocked. I, you know, I know what the hell I want. I'm, I'm on a path and uh, uh, get out of my way. I, you know, this is, it's not criticism. It's, it's, it's opposition. Opposition. Hmm. And I'm feeling like it has nothing to do with you. It's not about opposing you. I just want to be seen in my own perspective. So well, right. to be seen right. in the way. <laughs> it's like, well, there you are in my way. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> okay. So there we are. <laughs> so yeah. So it sounds like there's a, so it sounds like there's a way that there's moments where Kit wants to be seen and there's moments where maybe Jeff wants to move forward and not give that and like and so has that kind of moving forward energy and so that might be maybe too fast then because then maybe Kit might feel like she's well, I mean, kind the, of not the, being seen. It's a canonical place. It's like um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do I'm gonna fry this chicken in this pan. And I and we get the pan out. But, well, wait a minute. I think you should use that pan. Well, hang on. I'm frying the chicken. You know. Right. And I just want to be. I just want to offer my perspective and which have I, my which perspective I, which be I considered. Which I could give a shit about. I just right. want to fry my chicken. Right. You know. Okay. This is good to have the example. This yeah. helps me a ton understand. Yeah. So he's on his path okay. making his chicken. He just wants to plow. You know, go forward making the chicken, and I'm in there. Well, okay. Perspective. How about consider this? I just want to be. You know, offer something. Yeah. Situation. Well, you cook the chicken. Right. And he's not into my perspective. He just wants to have this project and move forward. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. It feels, it's yeah, that definitely is very interesting from the masculine feminine perspective, I have to say, because it's like yeah. the masculine likes to be focused and clear on their purpose and move forward in a, and sometimes doesn't like to be distracted at all. Right. You know, and the feminine can really want to do things together in a union kind of way. So yeah, it definitely feels like there's that going on a little bit. Um, well, and also just the energy. It's like the way we act, the way we are in the world is a certain way. And so Jeff has that kind of really kind of fiery way. It sounds like in certain ways. Oh, oh yeah. And I he's guess way fiery. And yeah. kids and maybe kids a little more collaborative. Yeah. Than I am. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. And I don't want to be collaborative with sometimes. Right. I think that's that's interesting that's, to that's, frame it that yeah. way, Maya. We haven't really yeah. considered it that way. Are we going to do we do? Are, yeah. do we pay you for this session? Or <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Thank you. Super helpful. No, no, you guys are. Yeah, it's a win-win. Love it. So yeah, there's and that's yeah. So that's an interesting thing, which is the moments in relationship when one person really wants to be collaborative and one person doesn't. And I think I'm sure that comes up in lots of relationships. So, yeah. And I, and I do think probably, yeah, the most important thing is that more times than not, there's that collaborative energy. Yeah. Because um, otherwise it's hard to really be a team in the world. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, but it sounds like it comes up a lot in the kitchen. <laughs> it comes up a lot in the kitchen. It does. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, I hope I hope framing that way can be collaborative and um, helpful for for navigating that. Yeah. So so yeah, I, I, I'd love to hear maybe yeah a smaller a smaller or bigger conflict that you feel like has been 
and it could be even like a moment of like when someone gets triggered and then how you work with that or anything like that harbor is that too big a story that's a big story um I mean, I feel like all our triggering comes back to that issue. We are, we really uh -huh. get along well. So we get don't along well. a lot of little things. It's really, yeah. I feel like our, our, all our little triggerings come back to what we just referred to. I mean, one okay. of the that I feel super fortunate about is that, is that one or the other of us does uh, get triggered or we, or, or, you know, your trigger sets off my trigger, you know, Fuck me, no fuck you, or something. Um, but we come, we come back to our senses pretty quickly, and so I think that there's, a, there's been a lot of, a lot of generosity of spirit in this in this relationship. Mm. There's a recognition mm. that that what I'm experiencing right now as an emotional response to whatever's going on is simply an emotional response to whatever's going on, and there's not a big damn story around it. Yeah, I agree. That, that mm. I didn't attach to, and so we're able to to step out of that pretty rapidly. Yeah, the rebound. Very, very and that's probably that. our attachment style. There, we don't have a lot of drama. We have, you know, we do have blow ups and then we sort of go to our separate rooms and calm down. <laughs> and then yeah. we come back. We're really, the healing the healing part happens pretty quickly. We're, we're very, we're good, we're yeah. adept at that. We we're are, we're quite very good at, good at that. And I think a that is positive so huge. is, yeah. um, you know, we, we don't think the other person is inherently evil. We're not, we trust each other. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, that, that was a question that I'm really curious about. So just cause I love getting into the fine details. So when one of Kit, when you feel triggered, what do you do? What is your personal process around that? Yeah. So, um, I did think of while we were talking, I thought of a small part that's a, Part of the bigger one is interrupting. We both have, you know, we both are excitable and we both are powerful. We both have a lot to say and we can step on each other in conversation. And so interrupting is something we both do. We both get triggered and, but we're both familiar with it because we do it to each other. We're on both ends of it. Um, right. You say that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're working all sorts of shit through here. Um, <laughs> Um, Love it. Uh, so when I feel um, interrupted, I that it totally pushes old buttons for me, and I retreat. I smaller mm. and retreat. And yeah. Um, yeah, that's how I respond. Okay. And then do you? But the, and then what do you do? And then if Jeff doesn't notice that I've retreated, which he often does, and I don't mean it to be manipulative like that, like here, watch me retreat and then respond. Right. Is my right. Response. Um, yeah. yeah. So Jeff does usually notice it to his credit um, because I, I get quiet, but eventually, you know, it also helps me to calm down and sort of ground myself. And then I'll just name, you know, I was in the middle of telling you this, I'd really like to finish my thought. And he responds to that. You know, if I can say it in a calm way and not be fiery, not meet, you know, get into this dynamic yeah. fire meeting fire. Um, and I think that in the, in general, how we are with conflict, if we don't rise to meet each other in this antagonistic place, if one of us can be calm and breathe and yeah. 
you know, come back to the other person, then we're in good shape. It's when we both get into the bumping up against each other and then we're like off and we're lost. Yeah. We come back. We rebound. We rebound. Make up sex. Oh, did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> Make Love up it. sex helpful for sure. <laughs> yeah. Love it. So, um, cool. So, and Jeff, when you get triggered, and that was so well articulated, Kit. Thank you so much. And I loved the way you articulated how you tell him that you, what you said was so articulate in terms of how you tell him that you feel like you weren't heard and, but just not blaming, but just kind and calm. And then, yeah, Jeff, I'm curious when you get triggered, what happens for you? What happens in your body? And how do you deal with it when you're triggered? How do you, come back uh i typically have i you know what i what i'm endeavoring to do is to take that 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 tightness that happens sort of right in here mm. and use that as a chime to wake up and say oh look you're triggered dude and and have that be a, a moment where i can come to my senses more frequently what happens is either one of two things either i i uh, I get more animated and try to make my point. My voice gets a little louder <clears throat> and I get a little bigger uh, mm -hmm. or I, or I bolt. And, and uh, those are my two, those are my two patterns. If I bolt, then I, it, uh, I don't know either, either way we're, we're, you know, I'm, 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 I'm out of my mind for an hour or so. It takes, it takes a while for me to sort of come back and, mm -hmm. You know, and the, and in those in those times where where it really falls apart and Kit gets triggered too, then you know it can take it, it can take a minute. Um, but mm -hmm. I think that we, you know, at some point we both have we there, at, at some point the humor returns, and when the mm -hmm. humor comes back and you can see the comedy in all of it, then then um, that's you know, helpful. That's when we know we're back. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't mentioned. Yeah yet i would say it's one of probably the biggest coping mechanism that we have of everything and i you know i if i yeah if i had one thing i would name that makes us successful as a couple it's that we don't take ourselves too seriously and we can laugh yeah yeah love that that's so so huge and i can feel that just in our interview how much we've already laughed together so that makes so much sense mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, you guys brought up the sex thing, um, which is one of my favorite topics. <laughs> so I'm, so I'm curious. So I think, you know, one of the biggest challenges in long-term relationship is keeping the sex and the intimacy and the passion alive. And so I'm curious, are there any practices or workshops or anything that you've like, have you had to mindfully kind of cultivate the continued spark and passion or not? Um, is there anything that you guys both, yeah, that's been really important around that? Like, I'm just curious, anything around that that you want to share? Because I know that can really fall away for so many couples and sometimes we have to work to get it back, sometimes we don't. Sometimes there's just a natural, um, like, yeah, ability to just keep it alive. Or what do you think does keep it alive if you don't like mindfully do it? Want me to go? Sure. So I think a bunch of different things. Um, 
for me personally, when I feel good in my own body, I feel attractive. So it's huge for me to feel grounded and healthy and strong physically, that that makes me feel sexy. And then I think my feeling sexy, I mean, you should speak for yourself, but I think that makes me more attractive. Although I'm really lucky to be with someone who finds me attractive pretty much no matter what. I'm really lucky. Um, so we, we haven't had, we've, we've have a lot of passion in our relationship, both in our emotional relationship and in our physical relationship. And we have from the very beginning and we're super lucky. And I don't think we really have to work at it a lot. Um, I, you know, I'm in menopause now, like it, you know, hormonally things wax and wane for sure. And um, so that takes some mindfulness and some, uh, graciousness on both our parts. Um, mm-hmm. Little tricks for me, like I, we have separate bathrooms, and if you have the luxury and privilege of ah. your bathroom, I think keeping those some intimacies and some bodily mystery, like about you know how we, do, like you know all those sort of little things. I just feel like that helps keep the mystery and you know keeps the totally in the something in there to Sexiness. not. Yeah, I've seen this in there to have a little privacy, a little space that way. Um, but I, I just feel Jeff's attraction. He's super demonstrative, super demonstrative. Mm-hmm. And I feel mm-hmm. as emotional love. He tells me he loves me first thing every single day. First thing out of his mouth every single day. Before huge. we get out of bed, it's huge. So I never doubt his love for me. And he's a very demonstrative. Mm-hmm. Person. So we're, you know, we, we're just, we're naturally very, very physical with each other. Um, and play. Yeah. So that's a bunch yep. of stuff. Um, yeah. 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 I'm curious, Jeff, for you, that's super helpful. Oh, I, I think, I mean, I, 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 <clears throat> my second wife. <laughs> <laughs> two out of three. Number two out of three was super, uh, sort of disgusted by the fact that all men want is to get laid. And, um, and, and mm-hmm. you know, I know, I know that what you want, you just, I know what you want, you know, and, and, and it was like, it was this bad thing. And Kit right. knows what I want and, and she's super generous with it. So that, so that that becomes not an issue that we, that, that separates us. In fact, it pulls us together. And, and I think mm-hmm. you know, talking about your, the hormonal changes with menopause, you know, I think that you're, you know, you're, you're, you're in there with me and you're, and you're, you're making an investment in the relationship by being so open and generous with your body. And I really, really grateful for that. Mm, beautiful. So beautiful. Yeah. 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 I love what you said, Kit, around how affectionate he is both verbally and physically, obviously for the people listening, if that's your if you're single and that is your top love language, which is verbal and physical affection, that's one of the love, one of the five love languages, then finding a partner who just is generous in that can make things, I think really can make you feel really loved. And it's really just a beautiful thing. Um, That demonstration, especially I think women, uh, yeah, in my experience, personally and professionally women are a little bit like flowers and so we just feed off of that um that light shining on us we really feed off of it and 
feel special and desired when we get that. Um, so yeah, kudos to you, Jeff, because that, you know, doesn't always happen in relationships and it can create a lot of distance and, um, and loneliness when women don't receive that. That's what I've seen. Um, so for the women that are listening that are single, I want to ask each of you, what is the number one trait that you would tell them to look for in their next partner? So I would say self-awareness, somebody who's done their own personal work. That would be my number one trait. What did you say? Um, well, you, you caught me in the, in the first, when we first met, when, you know, we were kind of going over our checklist after OkCupid and, you know, sort of doing all the evaluation and all those sort of information gathering questions. And, you know, at, at the, near the end of the evening, you said, you know, we got all this bullshit we've been talking about, whatever, but I really just want to have fun. <laughs> and that was when, that was when I, oh my God, you want to have fun? I want to have fun too. <laughs> and when I, when, and when you sort of named it that way, uh, and, and maybe that's because we're, you know, at a, at a, at a kind of a later stage in our lives, right? We don't have all that, you know, I've, my kids are grown and, and work is done and looking more towards the end than the beginning. And so fun is something that's been sort of lacking in my life until I met Kit uh -huh. and really fun since then. Mm. So fun is mm. fun. It's fun. Fun is really fun. <laughs> yeah, that playfulness, that fun, yeah. spontaneity, creativity, it, it's, it's definitely a sign of health Yeah. Um, and joy. And so, um, oh yeah, so, okay. So this, yeah, part of the theme of this podcast is attachment, attached styles, attachment theory, <clears throat> definitely one of my most favorite topics and really underlies my work with singles and couples. And so I'm wondering, um, before you guys met each other, like, you know, pre basically previously in your past, if you had to name maybe your top two attachment styles, and I'll go over them real quick, what you think they would be. So, um, or whatever you want to say about it, because it just helps people to feel it helps people to understand um, and give gives people hope to know that, you know, maybe some people had similar attachment styles before they found their person. Um, so there's anxious, which is someone who's a little bit more preoccupied with the relationships, has more of a fear of loss and a fear of abandonment. Um, and on the positive side is, yeah, very affectionate usually. and um, um and yeah really loves relationships loves love um the next one avoidant can be a little bit more fearful of intimacy because they're afraid that their sense of self might kind of uh get invaded and so they may need more space and um they may have been invaded as a child by one or both of their parents or have neglect so they may feel like they have to do it on their own, some more self-reliant structure. And then um, 
yeah, on the positive, they're very independent and, um, yeah, definitely, you know, also want relationship, but can have more fears around it. Then secure, feel like there's more than enough love to go around. Um, they trust themselves and others. They trust if a relationship ends, they're going to find another one. There's a lot of internal confidence, internal security, feeling safe and secure inside of themselves. And then disorganized is a combination of anxious and avoidant, and it's when one or both of the parents was a source of anxiety, both a source of love and a source of anxiety and fear. So maybe there was some kind of trauma going on, whether it's conflict with the parents or abuse in the household or, or just trauma, a traumatic energy kind of going on. So, yeah, what do you feel like before you guys met? Top two. Um, I'd say my top two would be anxious um, and maybe disorganized. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. And then Jeff? Yeah, same. Okay. I mean, you know, and it's, not, it's not exactly four buckets that you're sitting in at any given time, but I mean, different. Exactly. Different, We're all a combo. That's yeah. And yeah, now being in this relationship, having heard all four, what do you feel like your top two are? I'm like secure and secure. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's secure, awesome. Secure. Yeah, secure it's not, and secure. There's no bullshit. I remember when it, when when I when that's we first huge, huge. I just want to say that's huge, 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 huge. Yeah, yeah. So I I had. The, the first, I think I was commuting from San Diego here a couple times a month to get involved with the local family business. And I came up one time, Kit, Kit just, just for, the, for, the, for the guys that are listening to this podcast, just, I just want to yeah. offer one, one point, two points. And, and I don't know if, you know, maybe this is obnoxious, but <laughs> in fact, I'll just offer one point, really. I, and I, that, uh, Kit is, is the first woman that I've been with that has a gaggle of girlfriends. And, they, and they've been together, they've been friends for a long time, and they really connect with each other, and they get together frequently, and it's, and it's a real source of, of energy and, and goodwill in your life. And that has inured to my benefit a great deal. I'm super happy about that. The earlier, earlier people I've been with have, have not had that. And I think that that is both a sign that you've got other support structures so that it's not it, all, all your stuff's not going to land on me for starters. Mm -hmm. And then also you've also, you're also demonstrating with that, that you're good at maintaining long-term relationships with other human beings, which has got to mm -hmm. be a good thing. And it's difficult as a woman to do that. I think harder. Huge, yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah. But I was going to say that the, so, so I was, I was up here overnight uh, one time not not here, but staying somewhere else. And Kit was gonna. She was having a, a girl tribe gathering, and she was gonna be done at eleven. And I had said to her, you know, I and and I was gonna come and see her at eleven. She was gonna call me at eleven when the last person had left. <clears throat> and I was really just really just ready for things to fall apart, you know, because this is a new one, and and I you know I I like her maybe a little bit too much, and so let's just see if we can <laughs> put the kibosh on this thing right away. And and I and so you know. I think 11 o'clock passed and 11.05 and 11.10 and I'm just, I'm just going, yeah, no, never mind, forget it. You know, I'm done with this. It's, she said 11. We, we had an agreement. She's not meeting her agreement. It was going to be 11. 
And I can't remember if I right. called or you called me at 1110. You. you called me at 1115. Well, it's, it's, it's too late. I'm not coming over now. It's after 11. We said 11. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to sit here and stew in my juice all night. And, and, and you just went, what are you doing? <laughs> and you, you told me to get, get my butt over here. And I did. And I, I was pouty, you know, and you made a deal with me. Well, shut the fuck up. Here I am. You know, I, was just <laughs> I just wasn't happy. This wasn't getting into the drama. She wouldn't. You know? I, I, I had this total drama place. I was a drama, drama person right then. <laughs> yeah, I was clear. Like, I, I'm not interested in the drama either. Get over here. I'm, I'm available. Here I am or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That was great. That was great. Yeah. That's a great example of how, yeah, your security and your kind of no drama vibe brought him into that space and how much we can affect each other and bring to how to do it. More. Modeled for me how to be not drama. Yeah, it was huge. That's really big. Yeah. So, okay, um going back to the past in terms of childhood i'm curious what your what was modeled to you from your parents so what was their relationship like what did you see as your relationship model growing up so my dad was probably an alcoholic you know he was kind of a 50s businessman guy and mm -hmm. so he was not emotionally available, but he looked good on paper. You know, he was a good provider and he showed up and, or at least he showed up physically. Um, paid the bills, yeah. He paid the bills, yeah. And we had a comfortable upbringing and um, so he was there. So that's one thing that was modeled for me. He wasn't emotionally yeah. available, so I didn't see them... Um, my mom and dad, I didn't see intimacy between them. I saw them sort of live parallel lives, but not really intersected lives, really. Not even as parents. Mom was really sort of the, the parent on a lot of levels, and dad was pretty much always on the sideline. Okay. Yep. That's really helpful. Thank you. And Jeff, what about you? Uh, my dad was my was the rock. He was solid and he was affectionate and there was never in his entire life and we had a lot of conflict, but there was never a question about whether there whether he didn't have a great deal of love and regard for me. And Beautiful. and so that was, you know, and, and and mom was just kind of flighty and dad dad was, you know, I, I remember sort of having a feeling that, you know, that that she he was more solid. He was a lot more solid than she was. Mom was, mom was sort of out flitting around and, and I, mm -hmm. uh, and what was their, what was their relationship like? Their well, romantic relationship. So I think that he, he, they were, they also were, you know, were good on paper. They met in college. He'd come back from Korea and he'd been, you know, in the, in the Navy and stuff. And, and mom was was a sorority girl, Cal, and and pretty, and and uh, and he was sort of her daddy. You know, he was twenty six or twenty seven, and she was twenty or something. And so, you know, it's a pretty big mm -hmm. difference in age, age and life experience. And I think that part of what happened in the in the in the late fifties and early sixties is that 
her flitting around was finding herself as a person that she hadn't really grown up before she met him. So it was a, it was very much of a of a dependent kind of relationship. You know, he not only did he, I mean, she didn't. She, mom, I don't think mom ever had a job until after they were divorced. I don't think she'd ever earned a dollar. So it, you know, wow. and, and so I, I think I don't. There was not a there was not a a, a power balance there. Um, right. Sort of Interesting. The, yeah. 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 And and were not a lot of emotional intimacy between them. No. No, I think he, I think dad was, you know, he was one of four siblings. He was the only one of the four siblings who actually got divorced. And, uh, uh-huh. and, and oh. I think that that was sort of seen as a, as a, as a failure, you know, and, and, uh, um, he subsequently married my stepmother who with uh-huh. whom he had a, a much more, there was a lot more intimacy in that relationship. I mean, they, they, they very much and they were close and they laughed a lot together. I don't think, I don't remember mom and dad laughing together. I and mean, they were, they split mm. when I was 11, I think. So, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's a long time ago. I don't, I don't, yeah. It's pretty vague, but they were right. not, close. they were not close. They looked it on paper. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Thank you all for sharing that again. So helpful for my clients and the other people who are listening, single people who are listening just to see that no matter what kind of relationship that you saw modeled, that you can have a healthy, loving relationship. I just, I can't even tell you how huge that is for people to really get in their bones because um, it can seem like when you've had a number of unhealthy relationships or toxic relationships and that's what you've been modeled, it can really seem like it's not really possible to have a healthy relationship. So um, just really, for everyone listening, just really sending, let yourself take that in right now and really feel what it feels like in this energy field that we're in right now with this couple in your body. What does it feel like? This, they're, they're both feeling very secure. They're there for each other. They're present. They're connected. They listen to each other. They respect each other. And they have that attraction and chemistry and um passion as well which is huge um so yeah it's just been such a pleasure to have the two of you today i i learned so much i always do from these interviews and um just i love just your candidness and your openness and vulnerability and um yeah it's just been really fun Thanks, Maya. Thanks, Maya. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to Rewire Your Attachment Style. This is Maya Diamond to receive your two free gifts to help you on your journey to lasting love and to start rewiring your attachment style today. Go to empowerlove.us forward slash love.